We are supported by Squarespace. Guys, we have a Squarespace website that's just gorgeous. That Wobby Wob, you uh, you built that yourself using all the templates, yeah? I sure did. Yeah, easy peasy? So easy. Well, the best part about Squarespace is it's an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can get discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools, and you can choose from professionally curated layouts and styling options with Squarespace Blueprint. Plus, you can kickstart or update written content on any website, product description, or email with Squarespace AI. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with the code DAX. We are supported by Squarespace. Guys, we have a Squarespace website that's just gorgeous. That Wobby Wob, you uh, you built that yourself using all the templates, yeah? I sure did. Yeah, easy peasy? So easy. Well, the best part about Squarespace is it's an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can get discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools, and you can choose from professionally curated layouts and styling options with Squarespace Blueprint. Plus, you can kickstart or update written content on any website, product description, or email with Squarespace AI. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with the code DAX. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Armchair Anonymous. I'm Dax Shepard. I'm joined by Monica, which we now know means unique and solitary. And to advise and alone. And an advisor, <laughs> Padman. Today, we are talking about a juicy topic without repeating myself, because I think I did applaud everyone who did call in for this one, but very impressed by people who submitted for this one. Yes. Betrayal. Tell us about a time you betrayed someone you love. It'd be very easy to call up and talk about a time that you were betrayed. Yep. Who doesn't want to complain about that? <laughs> who doesn't want to be a victim? <laughs> right. We love being victims. <laughs> but to say that you betrayed someone is very, I, I find a great honor in it. It's really brave. Yeah. And I hope cathartic for anyone listening who's obviously, we've all made mistakes. And if you haven't yet, you will make a mistake. And it's nice to hear you're not alone. <gasps> ding, ding, ding. You're not a Monica. You're not. <laughs> and you will not advise anyone. <laughs> if you're not making mistakes, then you're not engaged. Yeah. It's the only way to learn. It's the only way. I've betrayed a lot of people. I'll just say that. Me too. I've betrayed some people. Some people, yeah. You got more work to do. If you're going to catch me. You got to pick up your drinking. <laughs> that's step one. If you really want to get into the betrayal business, that's a great first step. Overconsume. I'll consider it. All right. I love you, and I love the armchairs who shared these incredibly brave stories about betrayal. So please enjoy betrayal. Hard times come and go. Good times take them slow. Hi. How are you? Oh, so good. We're good. How are you? I'm so good. I'm really happy to be talking to you guys. This is awesome. First of all, can I use your real name or should I use a code name? You can call me Nick. That's fine. Okay. So Nick, I think this is one of the braver prompts to yeah. have answered because it's really kind of owning some responsibility. Unless yours is extreme and 
you had no choice. Like, uh, betray this person or we kill Manhattan. Assuming it wasn't that situation. <laughs> no, there definitely was some responsibility on my part. Well, so I just commend yeah. you because I think this would be the uh, one of the harder ones to share about. And that a lot of people have betrayed someone they love and keep a secret. Yeah. It's definitely a topic that I've talked with about too many people before. And hopefully I can get through it without being too much of a wreck with you guys. Okay. okay let's hear All it. All right. Set the scene for us. Who does it involve? So it involves me and my dad, actually. My parents were divorced between seventh and eighth grade. Seventh and eighth grade. That's a tricky time, man. Yeah, it was weird. I did not like my time in junior high. That's for sure. I think that's common. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know anybody that might have liked that time. Me. My favorite year oh, of my life, did? seventh grade. Yes, but very rare. I recognize it's very rare. He peaked really early. So yeah. It's the only time in my life I thought I was really good looking. I mean, what about now? You're pretty good looking right now. Uh, well, thank you. I think you're really good looking. <laughs> You've got a very rugged... Maybe you could send us some pics and you can make the next year's calendar. Oh, possibly. Okay. It's a okay. big deal. We can yeah. arrange that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my parents got divorced. It was pretty ugly. I ended up moving out, living with my mom. And for the longest time, I had this relationship with my dad that was hit or miss. He had tattoos all over, huge biker, really rugged kind of guy, actually. Ding, ding, ding. There you go. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> I was hoping we would run into one of those during this. <laughs> I always wanted to be a really good friend to him. And we just kind of never connected on that level, unfortunately. This is like three or four months after the divorce had been finalized and we moved out. My mom needed to go over to his house to pick up some papers to get off of his credit. He was racking up credit cards in her name and just maxed them all out. Big mess. So we go over there to get the papers and my mom sends me in first because she didn't want to go in and deal with his bullshit. So I go in, ask him for the papers. And if you can imagine, he's sitting in the living room between the coffee table and the couch, but he's like on the floor. So it was like having dinner at the coffee table. Oh, yes, I know yeah. it well. I do it every day. Yeah. So I go in and ask him and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have these papers. Tell her. And she goes in and I can see everything in the living room because there's these two big windows that go from floor to ceiling. I'm sitting in the front seat of the car, old school Ford Explorer. She walks in and all of a sudden I see my dad pick up a gun. No. Oh my gosh. He picks it up off the floor and points it at her. So like my dad had always told me when I was a kid, you know, never point a gun at someone unless you intend to use it. So I'm sitting there thinking, my dad's about to shoot my mom in cold blood. Ooh. Thank God that didn't happen. She comes back to the car and she tells me what happened. Was dad an addict of any variety? Was he a party animal in addition to being a biker and a heavily tattooed person? Yeah, actually. He was an alcoholic until the day he died. Yeah. Had he ever done this to your mom before that you just hadn't seen? I hadn't seen it. At the time, I was told stories later that there had been some dicey incidents, but they kept it from us. Yeah, they were protecting you, quote. Yep. I have a, an older brother who is a year and a half older than me, real close. He was going through a lot of the same stuff I was going through. He wasn't there in this instance, though. So... After that, fast forward five months, my mom files a restraining order against my dad because of what happened. And there's a court hearing to go over what happened that day. I was asked to testify to what I saw. And I remember there was something that my mom and her lawyer were really pushing was whatever you decide, it's your choice. We're not making you do this. This is something that you need to decide for yourself. And I chose to take the stand and testify. I was in court that day and I remember just saying what I saw, how I remembered it. And I remember the lawyer cross-examining me like I was on an episode of SVU or something. Uh, yeah, at 11. I know, right? I just remember the look on my dad's face when that was happening, like his youngest son up 
on a stand testifying against him for something that he did most likely while hammered and probably doesn't even remember. I couldn't tell if he was angry. The only thing I could really tell was that he had felt really betrayed. Oh, man. <sighs> and that's that's why I wanted to write into you guys. Yeah. yeah. Having Thanks not, for sharing that. Yeah, that's a wild one. You know, having not been there, I have to imagine that what he felt was extreme shame. I mean, he must have been aware of the fact that his actions put his 11-year-old in a situation where, yeah, he's on SVU, which no 11-year-old should be, and probably just in the harsh light of day going, fuck, here I am in this courtroom, and I did this thing, and now my son's in this position, and what dad doesn't want his son to look up to him. Also, any, quote, man would want their son to grow up to be someone who protects the women yeah. in their lives, yeah, which exactly. is what you did. So if he had any other takeaway than being proud of you for trying to protect your mom, then that's, you know, really on him. That's a really good point. And thinking through the rest of my life, that makes a lot of sense because I am very protective of the women in my life. Same. I know you definitely are. <laughs> yeah. What was your relationship with your dad like going forward? So he passed away the day after my 25th birthday. So I'm 30 now, so about five years ago. And the relationship from the time I testified till the day he died was basically just, I would get drunken voicemails from him, kind of talking smack of my mom or trying to get on my good side to have a relationship. Just, it would go back and forth, like really all over the place. I ignored it for the longest time. I never really gave him a chance yeah. to reconcile. And when you shared your story, about you and your dad on the Father's Day episode, it was really tugging on my heartstrings because you had a chance to turn things around with him and have a relationship with him towards the rest of his life. And I never gave him that chance. Well, but Nick, my dad earned that chance with me. He ended up being 25 years sober. It takes both people. I mean, look, this is why your mom had to leave him. You can't love someone into taking care of themselves or being accountable or, or any of those things. If anything, I have guilt over my dad because I could have had a better takeaway earlier. He had been sober for a really long time. I could just continued to be disappointed in who he was for a myriad of reasons. Mostly out of loyalty to my mom, I guess, in some weird way. But regardless, my dad so earned that. And I would have definitely did what you did. And also, if he died when you were 25, you're also hardly an adult at 20. And it's the parent's job to be consistent and to be predictable. When someone in public that we all love does something heinous, and people kind of go down fighting for that person. I don't know, you've seen it with Cosby. People are just like, no, I don't care what proof you give to me. I loved him. And I just think from my childhood and clearly the one you had, it's like we get really hardwired to be loyal to these people because we love them. And they're our only source of love. But the price tag that comes with it is we got to overlook all these things. And I think that's why so many of us are so conditioned to accept someone no matter how they are. And I think it's reflective of just how many wacky childhoods we've all had. Yeah, you love somebody so much unconditionally and you're blind. I remember there was a moment when it kind of switched for me. The moment I saw my dad do that, that kind of just all went out the window. Of course, that's a survival mechanism. Yeah, I would, I'm willing to put conditions on my love, which is you point a gun at my mom's face. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and stop loving you because why wouldn't I be next? Why won't you be next? You know, it's shocking to me he didn't kill himself, to be honest. You know, shortly after the restraining order, the police confiscated most of his weapons. I know he kept a few. I actually inherited one after he passed away, but most of them got destroyed. So that might have something to do with it. What was your brother's relationship with him like? So I have two older brothers, actually. The closest one is my full brother. And then there is an older one who's in his 40s who was 
with my dad and another woman. So the closest one, Will, he was very close. And I always envied that because I was always really close to my mom even before all this and still am to this day. The divorce was really, really hard for him more so than me, because on top of him being close with my father, he didn't see that experience. And I think for the longest time, he didn't really believe me. He was like 13. So still very malleable, vulnerable to what's going on in the world. That drove a rift between us for a very long time. And just in the last five or 10 years, we've become much closer. And I really love the relationship that we have together. I had that too with my brother. My brother is five years older than me. And he had eight years of memories of riding motorcycles with my dad in the backyard and having a dad. And I didn't have any. So it's not like I missed it. I think he always wanted them to get back together in some way in his mind. I just didn't have that to even pine for. So he often would be more critical of my disdain for our dad. And then I'd be critical of him for not being fully embracing of our mother. And then, you know, now that we're older, I think we were both wrong. <laughs> they were both very complicated people. Yeah. Well, listen, I hate to break it to you, Nick, but this isn't a story of betrayal. This yeah. is a story of loyalty to your mother, to the truth. And I think is very... Again, there's a bad word for it, but I think it's very manly that you would come to your mom's protection at 11. I like it. What can we say instead of brave, manly? Brave. It's brave. Yeah. Yeah. But he wants his biker dad to tell him he's manly, so I'm telling him he's manly. <laughs> yeah, that, I wouldn't have I wouldn't minded that when he was around. <laughs> I don't know if he would have been able to say it, but thank you. Well, you were more brave than he could be. He had tattoos and bikes to make him look and feel brave, but you really did it. Yeah, that's true. Do you ride with any gangs? He was a very vivid storyteller. Sure, sure. Oh, addicts. <laughs> <laughs> a romantic. <laughs> oh, God, he was such a womanizer. I don't even get me started there. Yeah. Lately, I've been trying to think more about what his mindset was like, because I always just think about how he treated me and treated the people around us. But I never thought until recently about what was going on in his head, like what his life was like. Yeah. Well, I'm going to make a prediction, Nick. You're a very sweet, good looking boy, and you're going to have little sweet, good looking boys of your own and the whole thing's gonna flip for you as hard as it'll be to have compassion for your dad he was the loser i don't know if you already have kids or not not yet wait till you have a kid and they're 11 and you go wow i gotta imagine pulling out of this person's life for the rest of their life and what pain that would cause me it's more severe on the other side of it so all these generations before us no one woke up and decided to be a terrible person i think everyone's a victim of some bad circumstance i can't wait to have children honestly i want to be that dad that's like the kids are so annoyed by just because he's constantly like poking and prodding, like making funny jokes and just yeah. doing dad stuff. Yes, sir. Monica might have some eggs that need fertilizing here in the near future. Soon I'm going to so. have a whole batch of eggs in the freezer. So, yeah. you know, I don't know. Just keep that in mind. Keep it in the boiler pot or whatever they say. Oh, uh, you guys are making me blush. <laughs> <laughs> Before we sign off, my girlfriend Leslie is like one of the biggest arm cherries ever. Is it okay if she comes on and just says hi really quick? Of course. Hi. Hi. We're in love with Nick. Oh, that might work out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't he the best? Oh my God, he's so cute. And you know what he kind of looks like? Who's the guy in shame, the gorgeous guy? Fastbender. Oh, Fastbender. Yeah. No way. Fastbender? Yeah, I'm seeing some <laughs> Fastbender. Wow. I'm really blushing now. He's here to flatter. It's so nice to meet you. We're both flattered that you like yeah, the show. Yeah, thank you. I've been a loyal listener. Love you guys. It's what I look forward to every 
Well, you have like four days of episodes now. (laughs) We're working towards 24-7. We want people to quit their jobs and just listen to us. We'll be there. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, we wish you guys both so much luck. Thank you so much, guys. All right. Nice meeting you. Take care. Hi. Hi. Oh, my God. Is that really you guys? It's CGI. (laughs) (laughs) What should we call you? Let's use your stripper name. Oh, well, see, now that would be <laughs> Buffy Hummingbird. Oh, oh wow. wow. I don't think we can use that. That's going to take us out. People would be like, <laughs> we couldn't possibly believe anything call, Buffy Hummi- Hummingbird says. I guess we could call you Buffy, though. You can just say Sarah. 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 Great. Easy. Love it. Sarah. I'm going to write that down because I have a bad memory. And I had to write it down because I didn't want to. Because it's not my name. So I was like, Sarah from Massachusetts. Okay. Set the table for us. Who does it involve? Yeah. So this happened about five or six years ago. I had been divorced for two or three years before. So I've been divorced a long time. But my very best friend was just awesome about being there for me during divorce, the whole thing. And her kids were older, mine were younger, but she was just like very motherly. And so she would pick them up if I had to work, you know, just great. So my ex-husband was getting married. And so she threw me a like divorced, not getting married party. (laughs) So there were a big group of us, a bunch of my other girlfriends and she'd been divorced a while. I hadn't met her boyfriend. He comes over that night and we all become really good friends. Then I was studying for the LSAT and she was just great. The two of them would make something and they would be like, come over, you can stay upstairs and study. We'll bring you food up. It was just really super loving. They had their own stuff, but they were just really good to me. She was the kind of person who like, I left a sweater over there once and she dropped it off. And when I got it back, it had had a hole in, in the rim and it was sewn And I was like, dude, did you sew my sweater? Like, I literally was going to give it to Goodwill. And she was like, yeah, you love that sweater. Yeah. That's nice. Basically, that sets the stage for like, that's the kind of love and friendship that there was. So she was taking her child back to college. She had a dog. She said, would you come over and dog sit? I'll make food. You can study. You'll be here for the weekend. I see a little person. Can you see my kid? (laughs) Yeah, I know that. That's a teenage person who I was actually (laughs) thinking, I don't want them to know this story, right? Sure, sure, sure. (laughs) Awful. So my kids are with their dad. We did a week on a week off. I was like, oh, it'd be awesome. Plus I would have a whole house to myself, which I did not at the time. I had a roommate. So it was like, I could also get away. So her boyfriend of a long time now stops by on the way home from work. And I'd been studying that day. He was like, Hey, I just want to check on you. Did she leave us some food, whatever? And I was like, Oh yeah, come on in. So we're heating up food. I was drinking then. So we start drinking and then he's like, I got to call my guy. I never did drugs or anything like that growing up. And I don't know if it was like empty nesters gone wild or whatever. So very first time I tried cocaine. Oh, wow. And so then we stayed up through the night. A couple of other people came over. Did the girlfriend know that he did coke? Yeah. Okay. It was like the next morning we hadn't slept and been drinking and drinking and drinking. Ended up sleeping together. I shouldn't say sleeping together. We had sex. And this is the absolute, it actually makes me upset that like in her bed. Yeah. Yeah. We're just like, oh my God, so stupid. So stupid. And essentially, a few months later, 
And it was a shitty couple of months because I was so comfortable with them. And it was like such an ease. And then there was no comfort anymore. We found out that his son, who at the time was like 20, maybe, had actually come over during Uh, that uh time. Okay. Okay. So there was a witness. Yeah. And he told her. He told her. Wow. Not her son, his son. His son. We went through that whole thing of like trying to deny it. And then, oh, it was the drugs. Drunk, yeah. And this is all oh, the drugs. And oh my God. It was the worst thing that's, it didn't happen to me. I did it. It was the worst thing that I have ever done in my life for sure. And this, I'm imagining, becomes part of the reason you eventually get sober, though. This is one of the bits of wreckage that you go, oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. I didn't even think about this. You know, I lost all my friends because it's a small town. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, who am I? I'd been so in pain and so distraught and the booze wasn't working anymore and all of it, right? So I go to a meeting, not wanting to. There was a woman and I swear to you, she was from New York City and she was drinking a LaCroix. And that was my criteria for this woman needs to be my sponsor. And I go and I basically do like, a fourth step to her immediately after the meeting. I'm bawling and and I'm like, I slept with my best friend's boyfriend and I don't even know why. And I didn't even like him and he wasn't my type. And she loved me and I loved her and I just destroyed everything. And I blew up my entire life and my entire friendship group. And I remember she just had the calmest face and she goes, well, yeah, that's what we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everything's gotten a lot better since then, but yeah. And I don't know why I wrote in. <laughs> no, it's, I'm, I think this we're is so very, glad you did. First of all, I have fucked people's girlfriends that I love. It's a source of great shame. It's a more Not common story than we want it wanna, to be. Yeah, act like it is. But I mean, certainly where I grew up, it was happening a lot to a lot of different people. And there's just so many layers to it. There's the thing you're owning, which is the betrayal, and that's heartbreaking. But then there's also the obvious esteem issue you had at the time. You were wrestling with alcoholism. You had yeah. been divorced. You were feeling you were trying to terrible. Fill a void. And, Someone was validating you and you were apt to regulate your insides with external things as you were already doing. And this is highly predictable. And one of my favorite sayings comes to mind, which is I did the things they say I did, but I'm not the thing they say I am. It's like, yeah, you had a shitty day. You fucked someone over. That's not your homeostasis. That's not your MO. (laughs) It's not your identity. Yeah, it's not who you are. It's a regrettable thing that honestly probably fast forwarded and maybe saved worse wreckage. You just don't know. Did you drink longer and kill someone driving? Did you, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's so true. Yeah. If you knew all things, this could have been the easiest path to sobriety and less wreckage. It's hard to know. Yeah. Not to take her inventory, never met her, but this woman loves addicts and she wants to fix addicts. And when you take in stray dogs, some of them bite. That's her (laughs) part of the equation. Yeah. The fact that she sews the sweater is a beautiful thing, of course, but it is really indicative of a personality. Mm -hmm. Someone who needs to fix and and nurture and it's a very codependent personality that's such good insight so like everyone kind of finds who they need to find to accelerate the things that end up i have to imagine that relationship didn't end perfectly with her and him or maybe they're still together i don't know but they're married they're they are okay well okay they worked it all out i was dead (laughs) wrong on that one
Okay, when did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Well, let's just say I'm a weirdo and I want to be messy and see what you're up to, like who you're hanging with. I can just stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. I knew you did that. <laughs> no, I did not do that. <laughs> I don't do that. I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages and keep it between friends and then use that money any place Apple Pay is accepted. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Monica, please keep it in the chat. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. We are supported by BetterHelp. It feels like a lot has happened this year. It's barely even summer. We went to India for By George. We sure did. Lots to process already. Yeah, but even with so much going on, it's important to slow down. Take a minute to reflect on yourself and make adjustments. And if you need a little help with that, I can't recommend therapy enough. We are both in therapy. We are. We proselytize all the time. Talk about it every day. Couldn't function without it. If you want to give therapy a try, check out BetterHelp. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient and flexible. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire. Plus, you can switch therapists whenever for no additional charge. So take a moment for yourself. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Dax today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Dax. We are supported by Uber Eats. Spring is here and now you can get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry, no. But a box fan? Happily, yes. A day of sunshine, no. A box of fine wines, yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets, product availability may vary by region. See app for details. After getting sober, I was bugging my sponsor to death because I was like, she needs to know how sorry I am. She needs to know that's not who I am on the inside. And you get through the steps and there's an immense step. And I was like excited about it, you know, because sure. I was like, yeah. And she was like, yeah, the amends that you make to her is to never dawn her doorstep again. Yeah. Living amends. And that's true, which is also why I was trying to be really careful about this because I don't talk about it, but it was the most significant betrayal of my life. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to just as a counterpoint to the I did the things they say I did. I'm not the person they say I am. The other one I like, which is the opposite, which is when you come to a there's a saying in there, which is I wanted people to judge me for my intentions, but they were judging me for my actions, which is that's another part. It's like you can I say you're that. this person or that. But if we just add up your actions, now it's starting to look more, you know, it's like somewhere in between that. It is. Did you ever feel like why does he get to continue to have yeah. this? Of course, you felt like that, right? And especially at the beginning, because you know, we were all divorced and they were dating, even though dating seriously, they weren't living together. I was like, oh, I'm the one that's going to get picked between mm-hmm. a boyfriend mm-hmm. and yeah. like your yeah. best friend. I'm getting picked. Screw him. Like you're getting the forgiveness. Exactly. Yeah. You know, if I'm really honest about it, I did a lot of manipulating around that too. I was like, look at him. This is terrible that he did this. Yeah, no, yeah, but yeah, your, your yeah, brain yeah. is trying to make it okay for you. Yeah. Yeah. And to keep her because she's such an important part of my life, an important part of my kids' lives. She's always been so wonderful and kind. 
to yeah. them and always hugs them and loves them and never says anything. She's a damn good person. Yeah. Yeah. Loving. Yeah. I've had twice one really good friend slept with a girl I was in love with. That one didn't go well. But then I had another one really significant. Someone telling me they had been in a relationship with someone that I've been with forever. And I got to say, I was sober the second time. What I immediately saw was, oh, fuck, this could be me telling them because I have done this. You have more empathy now. Yes. I know that I didn't hate the person I did that to. I was a shithead and selfish, but it was no reflection of my love. So you can also come out of it with hopefully some more grace that you can extend to other people because people are not going to do what you hoped they would do in some fashion or another. Your chance to go, oh, but for the grace of God, there go I. I could be telling this person this. That's not me. I think sobriety really released me from all the judgment that I had, not only about myself all the time, but about other people, because I can always listen and think to myself, hmm, I could have done that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That same thing is I'm bawling, crying my first meeting. And she's like, yeah, that's what we do. She wasn't like the way all our close friends were like, oh, my God, how could you do You're this? Satan, like, how could you be evil. so disgusting? And I feel like I can give that now to people when they say stuff. I'm always like, yeah, that's what we do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Us humans, man, we're flawed. Mm. <laughs> well, Sarah, I really appreciate you thank sharing you so that story sharing. with oh, us. Thank yeah. you, guys. And I'm so happy for you. Four years of sobriety is so yeah. impossible. Thanks. There's a liquor store every 30 feet. <laughs> <laughs> They're begging us to drink. <laughs> it's so true. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Yeah, great I meeting you, guys. Sarah. Okay, we love Bye. you. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. Hello. Hi. How are you? Oh, wonderful. How are you? You're in a hotel room. I am in a hotel room. I'm in Washington, D.C. Are you in witness protection? No, not yet. Okay, mm. not yet. Do we use your real name or a fake name? We'll use a fake name. Great. Okay, great. Do you have a favorite fake name? Oh my God, that's a good question. George? <laughs> George. <laughs> we'll do Molly. Molly! Molly. That'll be easy for us. We have a very, very good friend named Molly. Mm -hmm. And you're a doctor? I am. PhD, not MD. Okay. Okay. Can I still show you something on my arm? Body? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm nervous about your wrist. I got my PhD at UT Austin. Oh. oh, you lucky brat. How fun. I know. Yeah, I lived in Austin for 10 years. Oh, why did you ever leave? For job? Yeah. Are you a paleontologist? I am not, and I'm not an anthropologist either. So it's always fun to hear you guys talk about Austin. It always makes you so happy. Oh, it's Hi. so dreamy. Okay, I just want to say I'm very proud of anyone that responded to this prompt because implicit in it is some ownership over some guilt. I think it's brave, and I just want to say thanks for We're being grateful. willing. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course, I have listened to every single episode that you guys have ever done. You're always so brave. You're always authentic and genuine. So, you know, I just wanted to shine that light right back at you. Oh, oh thank so you. Nice. I almost want to end there so I can be in a We're good done. mood for Bye. the next 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so set the stage for us. Who are the characters involved in this story? Sure. So it was 1999. I was dating an artist named Denny. I was 23. Fast math, Dex, you and I are the same age. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. So Danny and I were madly in love and he was free-spirited, fun, sweet, spontaneous, and loved to travel internationally. I was straight A, serious, sheltered nerd who had never left the country. Yeah. So he threw caution to the winds on an almost daily basis and... I wanted to throw up thinking about, you know, anything outside my comfort zone. <laughs> yeah. So cut to my college roommate, Mary, 
asked me to travel throughout Europe with her. And I was like, oh my God, no. <laughs> Stay in hostels? <laughs> yeah, like that sounds so scary and overwhelming. And Denny got so excited because he just thought of me seeing the world for the first time. He made me feel brave enough to do it. Like his excitement gave me the courage to be braver than I would have and really step into like a bigger life for myself. So I was planning the trip with Mary and Denny says, hey, listen, I have family in Italy. They'll totally hook you up. You can stay with them and you're going to love it. They're so awesome. And that was the problem uh -huh. because I did love it and they were so awesome. Uh-huh. Especially one of the young gentlemen. Oh, and oh, yeah. A cousin. You're so, so close. So <laughs> Mary and I travel all over Europe and then we stop at this small town on the Adriatic Sea and Denny's cousin, Fabio. Oh, Come boy. on. I mean. Which is the one name that I <laughs> haven't changed for <laughs> this entire thing because I just thought that would be blasphemous to not call him Fabio. So Fabio shows up at the train station to pick us up with two friends, Silas and Marco. Their English was pretty good, but it was also so fun trying to translate everything, you know? Yeah. So the five of us hit it off immediately and become fast friends. We spend the next day together just at the beach. The next night, Silas and Fabio took my friend and I to a soccer game. And Marco was the goalie. And seeing him play that position like <laughs> scrambled my eggs <laughs> pqs yeah yes absolutely uh -huh. yeah. quakes though not quivers quakes full-blown yeah, quakes, quakes. Yeah. so as much as i love denny and i absolutely loved him with all my heart like i just couldn't stop what i was feeling for marco he was this big sweaty dude with <laughs> thick thighs oh. and a broad chest Ooh. And he's just hurtling himself in front of the net, which seems so abnormal, right? Yeah. <laughs> so exotic. This sounds to me very yes. primal. Especially for someone who's a straight-A student who Sheltered, stays in the lines. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All of a sudden, he wasn't Marco. He was like King Kong swatting, <laughs> you know, planes out of the sky. And... Sure. I want to fuck him. I mean, my God. <laughs> yeah. Dax, you would love him. You should see him without his shirt on. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. So oh. he was just like a wild alpha gorilla, like protecting his tribe. And it was the sexiest thing I'd ever seen. Yeah. So the next day, Fabio takes me aside and he says, hey, listen, Marco's dad died suddenly two months ago of like a massive heart attack. Oh. And we haven't seen him smile. Like we haven't seen him smile since oh. then. We haven't seen him laugh since then, uh, but when he's around you, it's like we have our friend back. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> How are you to... Yeah, this what? Isn't, this is the universe conspiring against you at this I know. Point. And of course, like deep down, you know, I'm trying to like justify my behavior. I'm not betraying Denny. I'm helping a grieving son. Of like course. find solace. Oh, you've got a couple great story starters. One, you're in another country and you're not going back. There's really no threat here of some long-term issues. This is happening in a vacuum. I'm going to be of service to this grieving gorilla. 
And also you have this probably voice in you that's like, I never have allowed I myself do this, this. Yeah. and I want to do it sometime. I want to be I deserve wild. this. Yes, it was just all of those things wrapped up together. Like, I've never done this before. And the world, the world seemed so different to me. And then I felt so different to me that everything had just been shaken at that point. It's safe to say you're, you're high at this point. Oh, a hundred percent. That feeling that just only travel can really bring you also. <laughs> Uh-huh. There's also something kind of tricky, which is Fabio is Denny's cousin, right? Yes. I was expecting this conversation with Fabio to go like, hey, I saw you perving out about Marco <laughs> and Why? I'm loyal to my, my cousin. cousin and just keep it clean while you're here. Right. That's where I thought it was going. But it was the opposite. It's like you're giving him life. Please spend time with him. Yeah. And I don't think he was like, please hop in the sack with him or anything like that. But he's just like, oh, it's so nice to see him smile again. I kept thinking, you know, like, okay, what's going on here? I wouldn't be here without Denny. This is Denny's cousin. This is Denny's cousin's best friend. What is happening? Right. So the five of us spend a whole like week together going to the beach going for dinner and just getting to know each other and every day marco and i just got closer and closer and closer Mm -hmm. so on the last night after we'd had dinner and after we'd said all of our goodbyes marco got on his motorcycle of course he rides a motorcycle i know right and actually i have to admit this because it was actually a crotch rocket oh wow not as cool as like a real motorcycle i like it it. okay but it was still super fun and sexy <laughs> so he asked if I wanted to go for a ride. Oh, okay. And I just looked right in his eyes and I said, yes, I really do. Yeah. Mm. I'm the type of girl that wouldn't ride on the back of a motorcycle at home. You're trying on this European identity. I was wearing a slinky red dress that I had bought two weeks before in France. Ooh. I wasn't wearing a bra. Oh, uh, bye-bye yeah. bra. Yeah. Like, hey, Europe, bye bra. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and boy. it was the sexiest I'd ever felt in my entire oh, life, right? Yeah. Like this new person was just emerging. I love this. I hiked up that dress like over my thighs and I swung my leg over the motorcycle. <laughs> and I still to this day remember the feeling of my right arm coming around and holding his chest and then my left arm coming around and holding his waist and just Pressing my breasts and my belly like into his back as tight as I could and and like holding myself against him and then squeezing my inner thighs against his outer thighs just to get a really good grip. Yeah, well, to be safe. Yeah, I had to be safe. I didn't want to (laughs) fall off. My mom would have been so upset. And we rode off and it was the most romantic and magical and perfect night of my entire life. And you, did you guys have where, where did you guys lay together at his house or? So that's the thing. We never consummated the relationship. Oh, no. What? We didn't even kiss. What? Then you didn't know betrayal. This is not a betrayal. Yeah. Well, you betrayed yourself. You must pine for him. Do you not want to know what that physical experience would have been like? Yes, of course, because, oh, my God. Sure, 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 sure. But the reason it was perfect is that we didn't fully betray Denny. You just fell in love for a week. I fell in love for a week. And 
I didn't really know about emotional betrayal. I just kept thinking, don't kiss him, don't have sex with him, don't kiss him, don't have sex with him, don't kiss him, don't have sex with him. Because if you do that, then you're betraying someone. You have some splaining to do when you get home. Yeah. So we rode around all night on his bike. He took me to this hill overlooking the ocean. It was a full moon. The moon was just like bouncing off the water. And we talked about our hopes and fears and dreams. At one point, Marco walked in front of me and he just let out this like deep primal scream. Oh my God. Not like a Howard Dean scream. Right. right. No, I want you to know in my mind, I'm picturing Call Drogo the whole time. <laughs> Jason Momoa. Oh, mwah, right. Like just perfection. It was like he was releasing all the anger and all the sadness. And he came up to me afterwards and he said, you know, it's taken me 27 years, but I finally met someone who understands me. Oh, this is tasty. There's something really pure about that. We were both really sad because, you know, we just kept saying like, I feel like I just found you, you know, like, yes. I don't want to lose you. It's happening too fast. Yeah. And he said for him, it was especially hard. He's like, I just lost my dad. And then I found the one thing that brings me happiness again. And I have to say goodbye to you too. Oh, it's a movie. Did you yeah. stay in touch with him? So we wrote each other one letter. And I still have the letter that he sent and mm. one of the lines that he wrote and it was separated in the paragraph from like from the other sections of the letter was, everyone has a secret. You are mine. Oh, I like sexy. it. Yeah. yeah. Did you marry Denny? I didn't marry Denny. No, he found out after I got back. I was mourning when I got back and I wasn't fully present with him. And I was yeah. withholding in a way that I didn't want to be because I loved him so much. And I knew that he didn't deserve this. And if he had done what I had done, I would have yeeted his rotting corpse off a cliff, uh, you know, uh -huh. and like never forgiven him. But I explained it to him and for weeks just kind of begged him to take me back because I did ultimately love him and thought he was amazing. And he took me back, but we didn't last for more than a year after that. He's still great. He's friends with my older brother. He's married. <laughs> they have a lovely child together. Do you regret not having the full experience? Since you paid the price Since now anyways. you know, exactly. It's like two things. I don't regret not consummating it because no night will ever be as magical as that. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. You know, I watch movies and it's like, yeah, that's romantic, but mine was better. It was so tender and so pure. And then the other question is, right, do I regret doing that to Denny? He's the one who encouraged me to go on the trip. He's the one who hooked me up with staying at his cousin's. And part of me wants to say, yeah, I do regret it, you know, because that's the type of person that I think that I am. Like, I would never want to do anything to hurt someone. Well, it can be both things. I don't think the question is, do you not regret hurting Denny at the expense of having that experience? Like, no, you probably are grateful you had that experience. And you also feel probably guilty that you hurt Denny. Yeah. I don't think it has to be an either or. Yeah, it's a both and. If my wife could have the experience you just described in Europe, I want her to. Life, I don't it's want a her gift. to come home and not be my wife or the mother to my children, but it's one trip on yeah. planet Earth. How much you can live on these little snippets of time. It's the great juge of being here. Yeah. 
And I would want that for anyone I love. But even the physical part? Yeah, I could care less. He's unique in that. I know I'm unique in this, but it's not like uh, she'll be damaged from it or a different human being. It's part of her whole story that she gets to have that. I love that. I wish I was more like that. I am not like that. It's really, really hard. Look, I was jealous in high school and this girl fucked someone on spring break. I lost my marbles over it. But after that, I was like, okay, I'm done with that emotion. I don't like it. It it felt terrible. I'm not going to ever have that expectation of someone again. I just think everyone's so fucking human and so fallible. It's not my expectation. My expectation is you're a good partner. You communicate with me. Like I have a lot of expectations you got to meet, but that's just one I let go 30 years ago. The thing that for me was really hard, I didn't go have that experience and then come back and pop back into our relationship. Like, Hey, that was awesome. I'm so glad I had that. You know, let's make out and go have dinner. <laughs> well, but hold on. So, you know, I was in an open relationship for nine years and there was a couple of those moments where she had those weeks. And yeah, sometimes there was a couple of months where whatever, but this was someone who was my best friend and I wanted to be with forever. And I could afford a you few months. You could see the long game. Yes, I could see that a lot of great chemicals were released. It was a high. It's not sustainable. If anything runs its course, it'll be what she and I have ultimately. And I'm going to bet on the thing she and I have is more tenable. Not to mention, it's like we think about this all the time, what Esther Perel says about one person can't be all the things. So you can't expect that of yourself and you can't expect that of your partner. They're going to find other people in this world that fill some of the boxes. Like that's just life. And if you go through it thinking that's not going to happen, I think you're in for some disappointment. <laughs> well, that's a great way to look at it. Like I look at Kristen as having like 10 boxes. Is there a dude that can crush three of those boxes for a movie shoot? Probably. I have a lot of confidence that I'm checking enough of them. Yeah. I don't know if Denny and I had that many boxes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then I'm really glad you had this experience. Me too. <laughs> what a great story. I was absolutely titillated. It was a movie. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Good. Well, you guys have entertained me for years, so I'm <laughs> glad that I was able to do it for a very short amount of time. Oh my God. I love that story, Molly. Thank you so much for telling it to us and good luck in this hotel room you're in. Yeah. Can I just say one more thing? I genuinely hope that either UT or an Ivy League gives you both <laughs> doctorates, <laughs> honorary doctorates. <laughs> Thank you so much. Really nice to meet All you. All right. Have fun in DC. Thanks. Bye. Bye. That was great. I guess since we're on the topic of betrayal, you should know that I pooped in your purse. You pooped in my purse? I betrayed the confidence you, know you showed me when you lent me your purse. <laughs> <laughs> and I pootied in it. Uh, you know what? When you asked me if you could borrow my purse, mm -hmm. I knew that was going to happen. Oh, okay. So, so it wasn't it's a, not betrayal. a betrayal. Okay. Uh -uh. Okay. It was just a consummation. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love you. Love you. Do you want to sing a tune or something? We don't have a theme song. Oh. Okay, great. We don't have a theme song for this new show, so here I go, go, go. We're gonna ask some random questions, and with the help of our Jerry's, we'll get some suggestions. <laughs> On the fly rhyme dish. On the fly rhyme dish. Enjoy. <laughs>